Hi, welcome to Catholic Studies Academy podcast. My name is Jason Gale. I am a co-founder of Catholic Studies Academy, along with Dr. Benjamin Smith, who's also a philosophy lecturer for CSA. And so what we want to do on our first inaugural podcast is just explain to people what CSA is, why did we start it, uh, who should join, what are the benefits from it, and just all the other details that people have asked us about, and to answer some questions that people have already thrown out to us. Uh, so, Dr. Smith, why don't you go ahead and get us started? Let everybody know why we started Catholic Studies Academy. Well, Jason, as you know, uh, we run into Catholics all the time who have developed a desire to deepen and strengthen their faith, and uh, to do so really through a stronger intellectual formation. One of the areas that's often sort of neglected in other formation venues is really that intellectual formation. And um, there's just not a ton of opportunity for people to get that, uh, especially if they don't have the circumstances to pursue a degree, like a four-year degree. Oh, yeah. So um, the reason we founded Catholic Studies Academy is to uh, provide people with a college-level formation in philosophy and theology in a flexible and affordable. And uh, I believe, uh, and we've gotten a lot of feedback that affirms this, that this is a real need that people... Yeah, and I think there's a large educational gap both in the content that's accessible and mm-hmm. also the financial sure. side of it as well, as well, which is a huge aspect to when many people look at uh, ongoing education and things like that. Sure. So I think, you know, when you look at the financial piece, I mean, you either get the free things or the very inexpensive things that parish offers, and then mm-hmm. there's a four-year degree where you got to take out more student loans sure. if you haven't sure. paid off the ones that's you already right. have. That's right. Yeah, and, and about, you know, some of those things that you, you might have got for free – those are probably good things, like your parish uh, it provides good programming, that sort of thing. Um, but a lot of people want more, right? And that's not really a knock oh, yeah. on the parishes. It's just, you know, given the kind of structure they are and the kind of institution they are, they can only provide so much, right? And uh, lots of times people will want more. They want more depth. They want more rigor uh, in what they have, particularly because often they're facing criticisms, challenges, you know, from the broader community, uh, from the broader society that um, they struggle to answer clearly, to address clearly. And so they want um, more than what their their parish provide, um, and, and Catholic Studies Academy is equipped. Yeah, not every parish has its own philosopher or theologian <laughs> right, on staff. Right, so right, right, right. we're here to... We're Although here to maybe they that. should, maybe they should. Right, right. You know. There's a growing need out there <laughs> right, on right. both ends, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, so... What, uh, who do you think would benefit from something like CSA has, a, what, what we have to offer? Mm-hmm. Well, first and foremost, any lay Catholic who really wants to take their formation, their practice, uh, their understanding of the faith deeper, to strengthen it, uh, any Catholic who's in that position, which I hope all Catholics will be, right? All of us should be wanting to, to, to deepen our faith, to strengthen our intellectual formation. So that's a group of people um, that we're equipped to serve and we're going to be able to serve and they benefit from what we uh, offer. They're going to come out on the other side, a more solid understanding of the faith, a deeper understanding of the faith, and they'll be equipped to uh, answer challenges, right, from the British society. In addition to that, parents who are concerned about the formation of their children want to be uh, more um, uh, prepared to answer questions from their own children. I mean, you know, your dad, oh, yeah. uh, lots of times you get these great, <laughs> strange and uh, perplexing questions from your own children. But, you know, I mean, uh, seriously, uh, there's a lot out there that is trying to um, really uh, diminish the faith, subvert the faith, maybe directly, intentionally or not. Um, and, you know, parents need to have the kind of information. They need to have the kind of training to uh, provide their children with a, a robust kind of information. Oh, absolutely. You know? and, I, and I mean, I hear from time where, the, where they, they've made the statement, my child has said this mm-hmm. and I know it's mm-hmm. wrong, but I 
don't, don't know how to say it. That's as far as they can yeah. get. You and, know? You, and, you know, you think about even what we're doing here. Social media is an amazing thing, right? There's lots of things that the current, you know, technological structure allows and uh, facilitates. And that's great in a lot of ways lots for a lot of creativity. But it also means that, you know, our kids are getting exposed to all sorts of things, you know, all oh, kinds yeah. of oh, ideas. Yeah. And you may not even know it, you know. And, um, and so you know, equipping them, you know, you're not trying to like close them off, but at the same time, you want to give them, you know, you want to armor them, so to speak, to be able to answer those questions, be able to meet those challenges um, at their level, of course, uh, on their own. Um, but it was just, I wanted to finish my thought. Uh, yeah. There's a, a third group here that I think is important, and that's uh, people who are involved in ministries in the church. Oh, yeah. You know, so uh, your deacons, your catechists, um, uh, you know, all those people who uh, generously serve the church in various roles. Lots of times, you know, they have a real uh, genuine desire to serve the church, uh, their heart's in the right place, but sometimes they, you know, they don't have all the information or all the resources they need in order to do that effectively. Oh, yeah. And and they're constantly bombarded by, you know, new and also, you know, recycled heresies, and sure. recycled you know, <laughs> uh -huh. modern problems and uh -huh. philosophy right, and all those right. things. Yeah. You know, so I think one of the things that CSA offers that that is unique is its uh, systematic study, not just in theology, not just looking at what uh, God has revealed to us, how can we understand that, mm -hmm. but also a systematic study of philosophy. Mm -hmm. uh, sure. Why do you think that's so important? Uh, particularly, mm -hmm. why is it so important also to study that, you know, next to or along mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. uh, theology? Sure, sure. Uh, well, that's something I care a lot about uh, because I am a philosopher. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I love philosophy. Uh, I genuinely enjoy sharing it with other people. I find that when people get the opportunity to learn it and to, to think about it, they actually get excited about it. Uh, it's it's uh, uh, it is a kind of a daunting subject, but it's it's actually a fun one, and it's actually highly relevant. Um, philosophy trains the mind. It uh, helps us to think critically. It helps us to think about fundamental beliefs, fundamental ideas, foundational principles, and those are very important for thinking clearly. Like we all need oh, a foundation, yeah. right, from which to work. We need standards that will allow us to think clearly, to decide rationally. Um, about the various choices and issues that confess today. So philosophy really trains you to think critically, which is very important. In addition to that, um, it helps us to think critically about foundational ideas. What is goodness? What is truth? How do you get the truth? What is the beautiful? All those sorts of things, right, um, that are really critical to thinking clearly and deeply. But, you know, Jason, the church has spoken to this so many times about the importance of philosophy uh, for a real theological, you know, uh, in Fetus et Ratio, Pope John Paul II says, you know, that philosophy is an indispensable, help, right? In what does both. that mean, indispensable? <laughs> that means you can't do without it, right? <laughs> exactly. So I, mean, I think he's really trying to get the point across. <laughs> you really can't do without it, right? Uh, it couldn't be much clearer, but it's an indispensable help for uh, two things. One, learning fundamental truths about the human person. That's, that's his language. So understanding ourselves deeply, understanding uh, the meaning of life, the purpose of human existence, how we operate as human beings. It helps us with that. And in addition to that, it helps us to communicate the truth of the gospel. Back to which um, so uh, for all those reasons, historically, Catholics have referred to philosophy as the handmaiden of theology. Now, if you want to... Uh, uh, how to do you make... feel about that as a philosopher? <laughs> I, I feel okay about it, but uh, especially as a Christian. But I, I'd say, you know, if you want to make a lot of analytic philosophers, uh, a lot of secular philosophers really angry, then a good thing to do is to tell them they're handmaidens of theology. <laughs> um, but uh, but what, we're, what, you know, what the church is speaking to by talking that way is, is, 
is really speaking to the way in which philosophy serves theology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, St. Thomas says uh, two things about it. Knowing philosophy uh, helps the theologian, helps the student of theology uh, to have ideas and concepts that help explain the truths contained with re- within Revelation. So it gives us concepts for understanding Revelation. And in addition, and very importantly, helps us to refute objections, you know, spurious ideas that are brought against the faith. Which is a huge full-time job right. today. <laughs> That's right. All right. Yeah. yeah. Wading your ways through the waters of error. You know? <laughs> That's it's, right. Uh-huh. And, and I think also, you know, especially, you know, that idea of being able to analyze somebody else's position. I think mm-hmm. that's a huge part of evangelization today where, you know, the part that the evangelizer plays, it's not just to provide a, a rationale or to provide a defense for mm-hmm. the Catholic faith. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times a beginning spot is going to be pointing to the inconsistencies in sure. a person's operating philosophy or sure. whatever it may be, uh, but pointing and saying, well, this actually doesn't make sense, mm-hmm. or this thing you hold is actually a self-refuting principle, right, and right, it right. You know, leads to you know, uh, sheer frustration. Sure. Uh, so I think that's you know, kind of that two-sided, is to be able to, to analyze where the person is coming from, maybe point out the inconsistencies, but, but then not just leave them there. Sure, Hang on, sure, there's yeah, more, right, right. and we and 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 not just to be able then to explain the things that God has revealed, but to also show that what God has revealed is absolutely reasonable. That's right. Yeah. You know? Sure. Sure. So, how do you think? Uh, I just want to follow up. on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, right, the, um, w- one of the uh, I, you know you you pointed out correctly. There's two sides of this. One is kind of the critical side, refutation of error side, and then there's also the positive side. We show so the the evidences right sure, for sure, sure. Uh, the truths that are revealed uh, by God. But I think that that, you know, that that reputation aspect, sometimes, you know, people have kind of a negative, even Christians have kind of a, like a negative feeling about that. They feel like you're just being too harsh or judgmental or critical, but it's really not like that at all. When, when yeah. you think about what you're doing there is you are pointing out to your friend, to your interlocutor, look, you're actually in a sinking boat. Your boat <laughs> is full of holes and I love you and I don't want you to drown. Right. I mean, that's what we're really telling the person. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, like maybe we don't put it exactly in those terms. <laughs> right. But but that's what we're telling him is like, you know, the what you're trying to base your life, the ideas that inspire you, that direct you, they actually don't make any sense. They're irrational. And what I want for you is something better. But at first I got to point out to you, hey, brother, like your boat's sinking. Yeah. Right, get out. Right. You know, so anyways, uh, what, were you, uh, what was your, your question? Yeah. So. And, and, and it goes it goes along with that because we never separate you know kind of uh, uh, the the things of the intellect we should never separate them from the spiritual side of it sure, as well which sure. I think is a horrible problem mm-hmm. today that that sure. kind of people get uh, mixed up in um, and I th- so I mean I think w- what role do you see especially with the, the what role do you see the intellectual formation of a person what role do you see that playing in the spiritual mm-hmm. development sure. of that person as well sure yeah. Well, that goes really, uh, Jason, to a broader point, I think, actually, which is just the overall almost. It's, it's, I think you can identify to some degree where this comes from. This isn't really the, the place to, to go into it all. But but we see this kind of anti-intellectual ethos, almost, almost anti-intellectual attitude within the faith. Right. That, oh, yeah. yeah. You know, almost as if almost as if religion's all about feelings, like, you know, religion just is having feelings, right? <laughs> right? And, and, it, and it's not. There, there's a lot more to it than that. I mean, certainly we all uh, value those times of uh, consolation when we have those kinds of passions, when we, when we feel compunction about sin oh, sure. or joy about uh, its grace and mercy and what he's doing in our lives. But nevertheless, um, uh, you know, spirituality is not identical to emotion. 
And it, for a lot of people, it yeah, seems like yeah, that's yeah. the case. You know, I mean, have you run into? Oh that? yeah, absolutely. I remember. I remember one a priest. He was praising one of his catechists, uh-huh, and he says, uh-huh. "says I this catechist is amazing. It's the yeah. finest catechist you know I've ever had." <laughs> uh-huh, and uh-huh. you know. She doesn't teach anything about Jesus. She teaches Jesus. A, what does that mean? But B, you know, if she's the most wonderful catechist, but she teaches nothing about Jesus, you have a problem. Like, yeah, you know? right, right, right. And, and, and that's kind of that thing is, you know, is to separate kind of the, the, the intellectual formation. You know, not to say that our feelings don't matter. God cares about the whole person. And even sure. St. Thomas talks about the passions sure. and things. Sure. But at the same time, to, to say that we can kind of have this relationship with Jesus mm-hmm. devoid of any knowledge right, of him, right, that, right. that the knowledge isn't really necessary. Sure, that we sure. can love Jesus without knowledge. We can love Jesus with things. But but I find it, you know, particularly, you know, confusing when, when you know, many of the problems that have stemmed up in the church have been intellectual problems sure. that led to deformities of who the person of Jesus is. Right, you absolutely. Know, so, how do you love rightly uh-huh. sure. what you don't know? Sure. You know that, yeah, I think yeah. that's I think that's a huge question that that you know a we're I think we're trying to answer uh-huh. right right uh, but also trying to lead people to I mean even the catechism talks about dogmas as mm-hmm. lights along the path sure. they enlighten yeah they yeah. enlighten who Christ is right. the doctrines make known sure. the sure. face of Christ it's, yeah it's funny too because sometimes you know you get this. Um, that's a very good point. But you get the the sort of like opposition between oh you're you're a brain person you're an intellectual versus love right. <laughs> Whereas you know like Saint Paul tells us in First Corinthians chapter thirteen right that um, that that love does not rejoice in wrongdoing but rejoices in the truth right. So that love and truth right yeah. from a biblical perspective actually go together. Right? <laughs> I mean they're actually part of the same life really. right. Um, and you know the uh, to, to speak more positively to it, you know our our saints, our doctors of the church, you know they point us very clearly in the the mind is very important. In fact, one of the um, one of the phrases that's used in the uh, you know, spiritual tradition of the church is uh, uh, mental prayer, right? Uh, which you know if you're not familiar with that, might sound a little odd, but really a lot of prayer focuses on uh, your understanding. Right? If, yeah, you're yeah, gonna, yeah. if you're going to pray, one of the most important ways we can pray. Uh, there's a lot of ways to pray, but an important way to pray is to think deeply of uh, the truths of the faith, right? To to think about what has God, you know, what has told us about Himself. I mean, you know, we have the New Testament, right? And and there, you know, God is telling us right about Himself, really in all the Bible, but especially Jesus, you know, telling us about Himself, right? In the New Testament, we we should want to to learn about that. We should want to understand it, so that when we pray to right, we are actually informed about. Who we're talking, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and it is one of those things where I think even for the, the operation of the mind, to, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to God's revelation. So we begin with this kind of, you know, truth bomb, you know, mm-hmm. here's the reality of it. Mm-hmm. Now sure. my understanding needs to catch up. That's right. You know, yeah, and that's, right. you know, what, you know, what St. Anselm, ta- you know, talked about, you know, what is theology, you know, mm-hmm. that, that, that it's this, this. We we're, we have this truth sitting here. Mm-hmm. That's the reality. Right, right. Now now my understanding needs to catch up. My understanding needs to to look at this from all the different perspectives, sure, from my sure, experience, from sure. a philosophical view, from yeah. you know the these other these other points of view. Mm-hmm. You know, and the th- the other thing you know I think about as a father is, is you know having my uh, uh, thinking about my children going right, off into uh, the world as glorious as that sounds right sure. now. <laughs> you know, it's also quite frightening. Uh-huh, you know. Sure. Uh, but but I you know but I I love those you know to use the idea I love those uh, survival shows you know Bear mm-hmm. Grylls and all right, those people right right like I I really think like when we when we talk about the the importance of the intellectual formation and the importance of truth right that that I I the first thing sometimes I think about is my own children you know mm-hmm. in those survival shows yeah. you know those those guys that go out 
They don't go out there and mm. say, well, I'm just going to experience the landscape of the desert. <laughs> you know, no. you know, right. They go out there yeah. and they say, see this plant? It's going to lead to death right. if you eat it. <laughs> see this one right next to it? It looks just like it, but it'll give you life. It, it'll right. provide you right. water, you know? Right. Right. And, I, and I think that's, that's the biggest thing that, that, you know, the intellectual formation, the, or at least on the practical side, mm-hmm. that the intellectual formation can do is to, to help prepare those that come after mm-hmm. us and to saying, look, this thing may look good on the surface. Right. This, the appearance right. may be right. close to the same as this other one. Sure. But in reality, it will kill you. That's right. Yeah. And that, that's the thing that's, that it, it is, it's a kind of a broader point. But one of the things that's really interesting about our current situation is sort of this kind of almost neglect of truth, almost sort of like, well, does truth really matter? Like, I don't want to get all hung up in that. Yeah. You know, you're just going to be sort of judgmental or brainy or something like that. And certainly, you know, uh, that possible. Um, but, you know, the, the truth matters, especially when you think, you know, when you're talking about the truth, you're talking about reality, right? <laughs> you know, like, do I want to do, do I want to relate to and to pursue um, the God who is right? Or do I want to pursue some delusion or figment of my own imagination? Right. Right. I want like, this is the most serious thing that that's possible, right? If there is a God, nothing matters as much as relating to that to, to God rightly and to under, trying to understand him insofar as we can. Yeah, exactly. Um, because we want to know the reality about him. I mean, this is this is so uh, so important. It's interesting. I, I had this interesting conversation with someone uh, several months back, and we were having a conversation. It was kind of about politics and culture and history. And we were, you know, just kind of commiserating about how important it is to be sophisticated, how important it is to uh, to be logical and critically minded in these areas. And then gradually, you know, the, the conversation sort of drifted over to a religion. And, yeah, right. And, and as soon as it did, that my interlocutor immediately started saying, well, why does it got to be so complicated? Why do we have to have all these definitions and arguments <laughs> and demonstrations? I thought yeah, we were just talking a few minutes ago about the importance of intellectual sophistication. But for some reason, when, it, when we move over to religion, people all of a sudden think, oh, well, it should just be obvious and easy. And I... Just on my own own sort of emotions or intuitions, I should be able to know everything there is to know about religion. It's a very strange situation. Yeah, yeah, and 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 it, and it goes back to you know that understanding that you know truth is that which is in accord with reality. Uh-huh. Like sure to 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 say well we can we can be in rec- in accord with reality in you know this political thing or this mm-hmm. scientific thing, but mm-hmm. as soon as we move towards religion, sure. Well, reality is fluid to my feelings <laughs> to your feelings right, <laughs> right 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 you know yeah, and yeah. i think that's you know uh, you know one of the most dangerous things that the human person can do is mm-hmm. to sit there and to subjugate uh the reality of god to their own feelings sure. or you know to their you know uh, um kind of superficial understanding you mm-hmm. know that you know i'm going to you know take my neighbor bob's opinion about god uh-huh. i'm going to take that with as much credit sure. as you know, a philosopher, a theologian, mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. priest, right? You know, something like that. You would, you, you wouldn't do that in any other subject. Sure, no, you know, no. right, right, right. But for some reason, religion, <laughs> every opinion's equal, right? Yeah, right, right, right. Just shoot from the hip. That'll be all right, you know? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's just you know, and I find this you know particularly because a majority of my uh, experience has has been working in a parish. You know, mm-hmm. and many times people you know will will say, well, you know, we just especially children, you know, we need to we need mm-hmm. to just help them have this relationship with god sure but the way sometimes that's posed is we need to have this relationship with god kind of apart from all these rules uh-huh sure namely that those you know those rules that have to do with human sexuality those rules sure. that have to sure. do with 
what is what is God actually asked of us? Uh-huh. You know, sure, he's, sure. He has. Maybe he has may, maybe, maybe even even commanded of us, right? Not just asked of us, right? Right, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> there you go with that rigid language. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. Right, right. As I tell the students uh, uh, before in some of my classes, you know, they're not the ten suggestions, right? They are, they are actually the ten commandments, right? They're things that we are uh, ordered. Right, right. obliged. <laughs> right. Right. There's no discussion. <laughs> right, right. Things we have to I mean, do. We can try to understand it more, and that's great. And then you know, take it deeper and understand why. But but yeah, these are these are actually things that we we are to do. Yeah, and I, and I think of it, you know, again, going back to you know, perspective of a father. You know, mm-hmm. when my you know when my you know five year old you know is acting unkindly to it to mm-hmm. to his sibling or something, I don't sit down and say, "Well, son, we need to really have a talk on the nature of love." <laughs> you know, he he would just look at me weirdly. It, it's simply no, don't mm. hit. Right, sure, sure. Don't punch. Yeah, right, you know, right, so right. we begin with we begin with those commandments, even as parents. Sure. You know, we we begin with those commandments to form within ourselves uh, habits of uh, that should lead to virtue. Sure. Right. But that habits that should also ex- be extinguishing vices. Right. right. Uh, and and again, those are uh, uh, commandments which are based upon the truth of who God is, what sure. He has asked us to do. But they are also meant for our spiritual. Life, sure, sure. You know? And and, and the, you know, eventually, you know, following them creates in you uh, a habit and a disposition to be open to understanding them more. Right? Oh, yeah. So even though we might start there, of course, we want to end there. We want to understand why. And a lot yeah. of what we're going to be doing uh, in CSA, right, is is helping people to understand the, the answer yeah. to the why question, both for themselves to be sure, right, but also for others. You know, why do you? What? Why do, do the Catholics uh, reject contraception? Right. Why, right. why do we do things like that? There's actually a good like the, we actually have a pretty robust way of explaining that you know if you if you take the time to learn it right if you put yourself in the position um to uh, to be equipped really to to share the truth about those things to explain what does take some work but you know i i've pre- presented even just on that specific topic to a wide variety of audiences and i found that when i presented on it and i explained it even just from a philosophical sure um which is you know my area of expertise but uh, even just from a philosophical perspective, even if they don't agree with me, they come away understanding, oh, well, like, it makes sense. Like, there's a there's oh, some yeah, logical yeah. consistency there um, to it. And that, that's really helpful and oh, yeah. essential. Yeah, I mean, even uh, John Paul II and Fidesz Orazio again, you know, you know, he said some, you know, philosophical thought is often the, the, mm-hmm. the only grounds for dialogue mm-hmm. and, and discussion with mm-hmm. those who don't uh, share our faith, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? So, I mean, I think that's a huge part of, you know, part of the evangelical kind of endeavors that mm-hmm. we, that we, uh, um, go into mm-hmm. is to not, you know, even if the person comes away, at, uh, disagreeing with sure. us, right, right. hopefully, hopefully they can say, well, I disagree with you, but it's logical. Yeah. What, right. what the church teaches actually makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, if we hold these things, that, that's an you important know, step actually really in the right direction. I think, um, you know, because really our minds are set up to understand, to try to learn the truth, right? Yeah. And so if our mind, if if something just doesn't make any sense to us, right, if it seems just contradictory <laughs> or absurd, it's going to be hard for us to believe it, and, and rightly so, actually, you know? Yeah. Um, but, you know, if we are equipped to be able to explain things clearly and rigorously and precisely, then we can help our friends to sort of get over that sort of cognitive hurdle, right, in terms of uh, learning the faith and understanding. Yeah, and one of one of my favorite quotes from John Paul II was uh, Catechese Tridende, where he says, "Firm and well thought out convictions mm-hmm. lead to courageous and upright action." Meaning that you know that 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 intellectual formation sure. leads to action. You know, yeah. whereas you know, I think some some of the the problems we face today, particularly that of just being indifferent, mm-hmm. 
uh, you know, just not caring about anything. Right. Like that's a, that's a, that's an intellectual problem. Sure. You know, it's not yeah. just this emotional problem or something. They don't have a relationship with Jesus. No, right. I, I think, I think at some point it's an intellectual problem sure. because they, they, they've been told, well, there's no real truth. Right. There's no real truth. And why should I care about anything? Right. Why should I have a relationship with Jesus in the yeah, first place? Exactly. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Sure. Sure. You know, I think maybe, uh, jump on the second study, a little St. Thomas Aquinas, maybe, uh, because, uh, you know, one of the things you get out of Thomas, uh, that, that really that, that quote reflects expresses is that we are psychologically set up to love the good that we first perceive with the, uh, yeah. right. So that, that knowing and understanding and thinking and judgment, those are actually prior to genuine acts of, so that if we're going to love well, we need to also think Oh yeah, and I think you know you look at uh, the 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 person of Saul. Mm-hmm, you know, one mm-hmm. of my favorite stories. He was in the Confirmation Saints. So sure, <laughs> got a strong connection with the man. Good, good. Um, but but even when you look at you know his conversion story or just who he was before his conversion, you know, mm-hmm. he was actively killing Christians. Sure, sure. And you have a time when the church was its smallest, mm-hmm. and you have a guy who's actively killing Christians. You know, holding the clo- holding the cloaks while they stoned Stephen, sure. and all those things. Right, right. And, you know, from God's perspective, he said, yes, mm-hmm. that is going to be my apostle. Right, yeah, right, he's right, going to take it to the, right. you know, uh, no, he was actively killing Christians. Sure, like, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. but I think it was because of that, you know, what God saw was, here's a man who turned his convictions into, into action. Yeah. You right. know, he wasn't indifferent about the truth. The yeah, truth he, made a difference. Yeah. He, he needed better convictions. <laughs> <That's> right. Right? <laughs> but he did at least have, right, that, that zeal. Right, 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 to, right. To, to turn conviction, you say, uh, into action. Or at least the integrity to say, if this is true, then, then I have to act. Act this way. You yeah. know? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, you know, I know we're kind of uh, running uh, short on time here, but uh, one thing I wanted to, to hit for sure is um, that part of the value, one of the things that should help, I think, people understand the value of what we're offering really goes to, uh, is connected with uh, preserving the faith uh, in those who have been churched and helping the uh, who have not that sort of evangelical or you know, task of evangelization. One of the things that we hear over and over again, and I'm sure you've heard this and you is, uh, you know, from lots of times from, you know, kind of so-called educational, religious education experts, experts. right? Yeah. <laughs> is that, well, you know, um, formation, intellectual formation, that's not really that important, right? You know, uh, learning, learning just some truths or just some positions or something like that, right? That that doesn't, that's not really important. But actually, what we learn from solid sociological data and research is that that's just completely false. <laughs> uh, an important sociologist who works in Notre Dame and Christian Smith mm-hmm. did a prolonged study on um, religion and youth in America. And what he found uh, really decisively was that most people who grow up Catholic or grow up Christian, uh, they most of the people who lose their faith lose it in, or in their mid-20s. And they, it usually happens because they encounter challenges and uh, sort of criticisms of the faith that they don't have good in yeah. that what they say about themselves why they left is because they experience this kind of cognitive dissonance where i believe this but it doesn't sound like it makes any sense it's 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 stupid or it's irrational whatever it is right and it, it's actually the intellectual formation and really the lack of intellectual formation that uh is at the root of a lot of the kind of the decay and a loss of faith in people who are in that age group and i know i mean uh this is not to be too critical, but I think it's worth bringing up. And Christian Smith brings research that you know we've had a lot of influence for a long time about kind of a youth ministry that's focused almost entirely on creating you know emotional experiences. And I think that there is a real value to that. So let me just be clear about that. However, 
In addition to that, we also need to give our young people, our children, our teenagers, we need to give them solid intellect because without it, we're just leaving them uh, to objections and that they're going to encounter, especially when. Oh, yeah. And, and I think it's a new challenge for parents mm-hmm. that, that sure. parents didn't necessarily encounter at their college. They sure. Right, you know, right. the, the, the current cultural climate was not so anti Christian as today. Right, right. You know, or whether, whether that be, you know, explicitly or implicitly. You know, it's so. I mean, I think for for a lot of parents out there, you know, they're they're struggling to say, I don't, need, I don't, even, you know, I've heard parents' misstatement, and I'm sure at some yeah. point I'm going to experience it as a parent myself. Is I don't understand my kid. <laughs> like, right. uh, uh, he came home saying uh, a bunch of things, and I have no idea what came out of his mouth. You know, like you, you know, put but that they, in English for me, right? Because <laughs> right, yeah, they right because right, they went to some yeah. secular institute and they said they took some intro to philosophy sure, from sure, you sure. know professor atheist or something like yeah. that. You know. So they, they come home with these new ideas and they're exciting and they 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 sound good upon appearances. Sure. You know. Sure. Um. Um. But parents don't know how to always you know uh, encounter those things uh, and and bring them up and say, well, you know, let's look at it from this perspective and then let's see what you know what the gospel has to say about it. What right. what God has revealed to us. Sure. Probably a good idea to listen to that. <laughs> exactly. And so I, I think that you know for for what we're trying to do here. Is, is not just, you know, provide, you know, parents with those answers, things like that. But one of the things that, that we've identified as the problem, like you just said, with uh, uh, in Christian Smith studies and things is that, you know, especially for the teenager growing, they need that intellectual order. Sure. Yeah. Very you know, yeah. that the, the we need to be able to look at things and have, you know, an order to, to, to where everything kind of fits together. And so I think that's what what Catholic Studies Academy offers is that it's a systematic formation yeah. in philosophy and sure. theology. So even mm-hmm. if you've had courses in theology and philosophy before, well, what we want to try to do is is order all of those things so that the things become ordered in our heads. Right. They can, you know, bear fruit and have a, a return to order in our lives and yeah. be able to provide yeah. some of that logical order, you know, to our students, to our uh, people at our parish, our, our own children. Sure. And so, you know, I think one thing that... Uh, um, like we had said, the 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 one thing that what we want to do with Catholic Studies Academy is not just provide that intellectual order, that systematic formation, but we also want to provide those tools uh, for evangelization. So right. I think those those three things, you know, the intellectual order uh, to deepen our faith, uh, to enrich our prayer life, you know, mm-hmm. give us food for for meditation, sure, um, but also to equip us uh, to evangelize. Those really right. stand at the heart of what we want to do here Absolutely. at Catholic yeah. Studies Academy. We want to thank everybody for joining us today on the Catholic Studies Academy podcast. We want to invite you to join us again as we'll have further episodes. And in the meantime, check us out at catholicstudiesacademy.com. Thanks and God bless.